This is the Dugout. Weekly interviews with Mariners manager Scott Service. Brought to you by Pizza Hut and by Mazda of Everett. Inside access to the clubhouse from Shannon Dreyer. Every Tuesday at 1 with Jake and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. The home of the Mariners. It is the Scott Service Show presented by Pizza Hut. With support from Mazda of Everett kicks off the dugout every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. Scott, how's it going? I'm doing okay, guys. How are you today? Uh, we're great. I mean, coming off a win was an exciting game. Before I get to it, uh, it was a really welcome sight to see Kyle Lewis in the dugout last night. When are we going to be seeing him on the field? Um, how about tonight? You guys good with that? I would love to see Kyle Lewis. We'd be on great the field. with that, Skip. So just okay. so just to confirm, I can watch Kyle Lewis play baseball tonight. Well, I wanted to talk to you guys first before I put the lineup out today. So I wanted to make sure you guys were good with it. And if you are, we'll try to get Kyle Lewis in there, and he will be our DH tonight. Beautiful. I would love that. Let's I would go. love that, Skip. Okay. All okay. right. We're, we are fired up. Uh, you know, Skip, how excited are you to be able to have him uh, in the lineup tonight? Uh, you know, obviously he's such a talented player and has been through so much, but how, how great will it be to have him out there? No, it's exciting. Uh, it's been almost a year, I think, since he's played in a major league game. And uh, you know, Kyle's a, a heck of a player. You know, we saw what he can do on the field when healthy, and, and what he means to our team and our lineup. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been a while, and uh, I'm super excited to get him in, get him out there again. He will be in the DH spot. You probably won't see him play a lot of outfield here in, in the near future. Mm. But uh, just excited to get his bat in the lineup, his presence, um, and it does make our lineup a whole lot longer when he's in there. Hey, out of curiosity, I kind of assumed that his more regular role, even moving forward, would be DH. Is that kind of how you guys are are seeing him, or is the hope that by the end of the season you can get him uh, some time out there in the outfield? Uh, it'll all be determined on how he's doing health wise. Ah, yeah. uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, how is how is he responding? You know, and then. You know, he played the outfield a few days uh, in his AAA rehab stint, and it took him a little while to bounce back from that. And I just, we just thought at the time best for our team and for him uh, to impact our team at the big league level is just let's get him in the DH role, let's get it going and see where it takes us. So I don't know how it's all going to play out. I do know he can swing the bat, and he's a good hitter, and uh, that's what fires me up getting him in the lineup today. Now, there's no question. Uh, Skip, how – how impressed have you been with Julio over the last, you know, 30 games, 30 days, I should say? Uh, it has been really fun to watch him, you know, continue to mature, continue to, you know, just uh, get better with each and every single at-bat. It has been awesome to watch and to watch his growth and how he's handled things and how he continues to learn and improve and, and just get better in all facets of the game uh, as he's getting more experience. So, you, know, you look back and how it started with Julio, and not a thing, not a lot went his way early on. You know, he wasn't getting a whole lot of calls from the umpires. It was, uh, it was a struggle. But to his credit, he never got off his plan. You know, he stayed very consistent to who he is. He wasn't going to change. He wasn't going to start chasing pitches, uh, which is hard to do. It's hard for veteran players, let alone a 21-year-old rookie. Um, and a credit to him, and it has paid off uh, for him in a big way. But um, really excited where he's at. Big home run last night, but even above and beyond that, it's, it's the everyday play in center field, how he runs the bases, the, uh, the the excitement, the energy he brings to our team every day. It's been awesome, and he's learning every day. There's something that happens to him every day that he gets those big eyes and says, oh, I've never seen that before. I mean, <laughs> this is part of it. Uh, but he handles everything uh, in stride, and he's having fun. And he's really the epitome of, 
go out and have fun, and you're seeing it on. You see the look on his face every day. He loves playing this game. Yeah, I loved watching him after the game. You know, knowing what you guys have been through as a team over the last, you know, a few days or the past week, and him just being so fired up with that win at the end of it. Just you know, the joy that he brings. But uh, how impressive has it been to watch him with the skill set he has at the plate and the power, the natural power that he possesses to have the maturity to be okay with being a guy that accepts where the ball is coming and to be able to take the pitch wherever wherever it uh, you know dictates for him to go with it. It's it's so critical. Um, not many young players can do that. You know, when they have big power, they have a big tool. They want to show it off every chance they get. And you know, with Julio, he's always been focused on being a good hitter. You know, be a tough out. And along the way, because he is strong and he's he's going to hit a lot of home runs in his career. Uh, we all know that. I think he knows it. But, you know, as he gets to know the league a little bit better and, you know, when to open it up a little bit more and, and, you know, look for pitches in certain spots as he gets more experience, you'll see the home run numbers come up. But that's the farthest thing from his mind, and it really always has been as, as a young player. It's just how to be a tough out, how to get on base. And to do that, he knows he's got to use the whole field to hit. And you say that, he's got enough power. He hit the ball out of right field last night. It's not like he has to pull the ball to hit home runs. So, um uh, well beyond his years is all I can say in his maturity level, and it's been awesome to watch. Uh, Skip, on on the other side, you had Cal Raleigh, a young, another young player who contributed and came up big with you for a two-run home run. It, this guy, when he hits, he hits dingers. <laughs> what has that been like for you guys, uh, you know, watching Cal and watching you know the evolution that he is currently going on, the process that he has been on, but just the natural raw power that he possesses? Uh, Cal's got a lot. He's got a great skill set. You know, he does a really nice job behind the plate. He's really smart. He works well with pitchers. Uh, He's got plenty of arm to handle the stolen base threats that are out there. But, you know, getting comfortable in the batter's box and and getting productive, uh, you know, as a hitter, it's been a challenge for him. There's no question. I will say that we've seen a shift in Cal, and I think he'd be the first to admit um, his personality shifted a little bit in the last couple weeks where – I think he's just gotten to the point where he said, you know, I'm just going to go have fun, goof around a little bit. In the past, he's been so quiet and so reserved. And he's starting to open up. He's talking more in meetings. He's taking much more of, much more ownership, I guess is the best word to put on it, in, in dealing with the pitchers, but also, you know, in his at-bats. And uh, the things that I've talked to him about is, you know, let it eat. Let it, you know, you get a pitch that looks good, let it, let it rip. You know, he's got big power. Instead, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who hits 300 in this league. Uh, but he can do some damage, and if, as long as he's swinging at the right pitches, um, he'll he'll get decent results. And that's what we've seen. He had a huge home run for us against the Mets uh, to help us. Last night was big, man. They come back. They, they tie the game. He walks up there, hits a two-run homer. Boom, we're right back in the lead again. So I think a lot of it just is attributed to a different mindset that he has, and it's paying off for him. He looks great. Hey, Skip, one thing I loved seeing last night, and I know I'm not alone here, not just people standing up for the final out of that win, but Paul Seawald's energy. I mean, you guys are coming off of being swept. No one loves it, and yet you have this guy that is playing and the energy on the mound as though it's like a World Series. I mean, it's really fun to watch, but also does it help to have guys like that that can kind of bring some of the juice and remind people, like, hey, we're still in this? Absolutely, you know, and uh, they they have to. There's certain players that just have to let the emotion out. That's when they play and pitch their best. I think we saw it last night from Diego Castillo. Diego's been struggling, and he probably, for me, he was awesome. He struck out the side last night in the eighth inning. We hadn't seen that out of Diego in quite some time, and he just started letting it rip. 
and you saw some emotion out of him and then what Paul Seawalt brings. And that's it's huge. And I think the fact when you're in your home ballpark and you feel it from the fans, no matter how big the crowd is, when they get on their feet and they get behind you, the players feel it. Our guys really do, and they appreciate it. So that's why it's always great to be home, and, and hopefully you know, we continue to play well here on this homestand. You know, uh, Skip, I'm sure you're not worried about it whatsoever, but you know, JP, since his injury, has not has his bat hasn't been as hot uh, as what we saw to the start of the year. What's that process for him to get back into you know the same normal groove that JP has ha, you know has been in and the type of hitter he has become? Yeah, JP got off to a great start for us. Uh, really, he was was carrying <laughs> carrying the load offensively. You know, he and Ty France there for for quite a while, and you know, he had a little setback. He missed a couple games as his back issue and. I you know I don't think JP is probably going to hit 370 or 380 all year. <laughs> oh come on, some, <laughs> some regression uh, at some point. You know that's what happens throughout the course of a long season. But the one thing I've always said about JP, he's probably maybe one of our most competitive guys that we have. And uh, you know even last night he smokes a ball, gets caught. You know it happens. Mm-hmm. You know and especially when when you're in kind of a bad stretch, you're not getting a whole lot of breaks, but. JP's super competitive. He comes out every day. He's prepared to play. And when the bell rings, uh, he's ready to go. So uh, he's going to continue, continue to be a huge contributor for us. It happens throughout the course of the season. You have the 10-day the or two-week little little dip, whether it's in the average or your production or getting on base or you strike out a little bit more. It's part of it. But he's been through it before. He's going to be totally fine. Uh, George Kirby getting the start tonight uh, has only had a couple appearances, but obviously a young player making his debut. Uh, what do you like from him, and what do you want to see him work on? Yeah, George has been really impressive. Um, you know, his first three starts out, he goes against uh, Tampa, and then he goes on the road to uh, the Mets, which is about 30 minutes from where he grew up in New York, and then uh, you know he fires out there in Fenway Park against Boston. So it hasn't been too easy for him, and he's handled what we've thrown at him very well. He's been very composed. Uh, he's George has always been a good strike thrower, so you know he's getting after guys in the count, and we've seen the development of his secondary pitch. He's much more comfortable throwing his curveball and changeup than he's ever been. Um, so he's going to need all the get all those pitches going again tonight. But the key for us pitching wise, and I know you guys, I, I keep saying it over and over, it's really got to control the counts. And when we do that, we're really good. When we don't do that, when we fall behind in the count, one zero, two zero, two one, three one counts. The guys in the batter's box just become so much better because they have a good idea what's coming. So when George is ahead in the count, just like all of our guys, he gets really good results. He's got great stuff, and I've been really impressed with his composure. He has handled everything that's been thrown at him so far. You know, Skip, one thing I didn't even think of is not just the warm welcome you guys are going to get, a relieving welcome considering a long road trip, but also – that welcome and reception that Kyle Lewis is going to get when he steps up to the plate for the first time tonight, uh, do you think that that kind of emotion is on his mind in this moment? Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of things on Kaylee's mind tonight. He's been thinking about getting back out there for a long, long time. So uh, uh, I think that you know, when the fans can give back to players and you know, anybody that's been out for an injury for a long time, there's a, the amount of work. And oftentimes doubt creeps in along the way. Am I going to be able to get back? What it's going to be like when I get back? You know, when you finally get to the point, you're in the lineup, you get to the plate again. I think when you're in your home ballpark, anything the fans can do to help kind of juice that player up or our team, it is much, much appreciated. It really is. These guys go through a lot. 
Uh, I know they get compensated very well for what we do, but they work their tails off. And what goes on behind in the scenes have so much respect for our guys and certainly what Kyle has gone through. I'm excited to see him out there, and I know he can't wait to get going. Skip, when it comes to the bullpen, uh, from a manager perspective, you know, what are you looking for your guys when you're able to really trust uh, certain relievers? Like last year, I mean, it was very clear who were the guys that you implicitly uh, trusted. Uh, what, what do you look for during that process to show them, for them to show you that they can be uh, relied upon? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good question. And I think when, when bullpens are little bit up and down a little volatile and i guess that's where you'd say we're at right now and, and we got so locked into you know where how things were operating and how guys were performing last year it kind of became second nature and i think every manager in this game would agree that the manager's best friend is a is a good bullpen <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> and, and when you do have some question marks you have some guys that are maybe struggling a little bit it gets challenging but yeah. i do know one thing uh for us to to turn this around and get to where we need to go here this year, we're going to have to you know continue to rely on some guys that have done it in the past. We saw Diego Castillo step up last night, have a great outing. That's what we need to see more of. I need to get Drew Steckenrider going, Anthony Masevich going. Those guys are key contributors to what we need to 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 do with our bullpen. And we've leaned on them a lot in the past. They've got some experience, and they need to get back to making it as simple as they can. Each of those guys do a couple things very, very well. Mm. And, you know, need to focus on that instead of, like, chasing something down a rabbit hole. Well, we've got to try this different. I'm going to stand on this side of the rubber. I'm going to change my grip on this pitch. Those quick fixes aren't really what's going to take. You need to get back to doing what's allowed them to be successful in this league, and that's what we're focusing on right now. And that's what we saw to Diego last night. He said, screw it, I'm just going to throw my slider right over the middle of the plate. Go ahead, hit it, I dare you. And I think when you take that attitude, you get a lot better results. And then hopefully the other guys will do it as well. But, you know, we've we got to keep running guys out there, try to put them in spots where they can have success based on the matchup and, you know, how the numbers say should happen. Uh, but they've got to perform. You've got to get ahead in the count and stay aggressive. Our guys do that. they all got the stuff to do it and get them out. They've done it in the past. And, you know, we just got to get them back on track. He is the Skipper Scott Service, joins us every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. for the Scott Service Show and bringing really good news today with the return of Kyle Lewis to the lineup tonight. Skip, thanks so much, and good luck in the series. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take thanks, care. Skip. Have a good day. You too. All right. Again, Scott Service telling us just a few minutes ago that Kyle Lewis will be in the Mariners lineup tonight. It'll Let's go! His, it'll be his first game in nearly a year. I mean, come on! Are you not excited about this? I, I felt like it was rude to high-five when Scott was talking. Why? <laughs> come on! It's exciting news! We got Curtis <laughs> dabbing in the, in, the, in the back. I mean, this is big news! He brought that news to us so we could get excited. Exactly, <laughs> Stacey. He brought it just for you. He just for have, you. He wouldn't have said that to us if we were been like, oh, interesting. Uh, okay, skip. interesting, <laughs> interesting, interesting development. Interesting yeah. uh, I would like that very much. Yeah. The text line going crazy with people let's just like, let's go. go. Come on. Are you kidding me? Let's go. Kyle Lewis back in T-Mobile Park, hopefully bringing the run producing bat that this offense needs so desperately. And they need the opportunity to have more depth in this lineup. And that's why they are hopeful. I mean, you hear it in Scott Service's you know, tone as he's talking about Kyle Lewis that, gosh, could they just get a spark? Can they continue to have, you know, another bat that can not only produce power, which which is home runs, but also driving in RBIs? And that is something that this team has really struggled with, that Kyle Lewis could legitimately help this team. And, and hopefully he can find that role and be able to 
get himself settled in quickly with this team because it would be an amazing development for the Seattle Mariners, and it's going to be so much fun to watch Kyle Lewis out there tonight swinging the bat. Uh, I mean, I'm just I'm thrilled for him. A few other details. Uh, Service said that uh, Kyle will be at DH tonight, and that is going to be, at least for the short term, the role that they have him in. They aren't going to put him in the outfield just yet. Uh, we asked, hey, is that going to be his role for this season? Do you want him to get some you know, reps in center or uh, at either of the corner outfielders? And he said that that's all dependent on Kyle's health. So they're in wait and see to see how he responds. But for right now, you're going to see Kyle Lewis at DH, and you're going to see him tonight uh, up at the plate for the Mariners, I'm sure he's going to get a very warm welcome at T-Mobile. So, mm-hmm. good stuff, good stuff. Yes, it will be. This, I can't wait. This hour is brought to you by Mazda of Everett. Let's look at some MLB headlines quickly here. ESPN's David Schoenfield has ranked the 11 nine-figure signings from this past offseason. Robbie Ray on the list, of course. Number seven, though. Not so Great. He says that, look, he's not no. playing like his Cy Young self. There's still some good with it, but obviously hasn't been quite the hitter that Seattle was hoping. Um, he said uh, that there's uh, obviously a tough rotation that they've been facing. Uh, to be fair, Ray wasn't likely to repeat as a Cy Young winner, uh, and he said the key was the average that he held opposing batters to. Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, and I, and I get that. I get that. And I, I also understand that Robbie Ray uh, it has not consistently been that guy throughout the course of his career. Last year was a career year for him. It was sensational. It was special. But the thing that's hurt Robbie Ray, is you have to put in perspective, is these horrific one innings that he has been dealing with. Outside of that, he's been an amazing pitcher. Curtis, do you have the stat for us about, you know, how Robbie Ray really has done statistically this year, it's it's really staggering. Yeah, Robbie Ray, this is from Reddit user, in, I invite you to the party. They say Robbie Ray has pitched 54 and two-thirds innings over nine games with 31 earned runs allowed. 27 of those earned runs were given up in only seven innings. That's so weird. Mind-boggling. In the so other weird. 47 and two-thirds innings pitch, he has a .76 ERA. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like... It, Outside of one inning a game, this guy is dealing, dealing, and that's what's been so frustrating, and that's what's really put the Mariners in a tough spot right now uh, when it comes to their starting pitching. They have to be able to eliminate those you know, one-inning faux pas, and if they could do that, then they're going to be in a, in a better position, and guys like Robbie Ray, they will, their numbers, the way that they're pitching will feel significantly different. Um, and it's just really been unfortunate because outside of those, you know, one innings uh, in Robbie Ray starts, he's been really, really good. The Cubs have not approached uh, catcher Wilson Contreras about a contract extension just yet. Reaction to that news? Um, Bring him here. Yeah. <laughs> I, Curtis is talking I about I go back. Earlier. I've been talking about Wilson Contreras for yes. about a year now. I go back to a time. Probably about. Do you think a year? You think a year? Uh, Maybe been, a little less than a year. You, you you've been talking been about miles. him for. I'd say yeah. I'd say ten months. Curtis has been talking about Wilson Contreras and the addition that he could be as a catcher. And you know what? I've heard the reaction to that. No, Curtis, we don't need a catcher. Oh, why, why? Why should we do that? And <laughs> I I, I think that today. I think right oh. now. 
right now, that looks ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You know the one thing, if we're just going to air out grievances right now that sure. we currently have, yeah. you know the one thing I never understood? Let's hear it, Jake. Why in the world did the Seattle Mariners <laughs> trade away Omar Narvaez? Uh, Why? Why are you going in the past, man? Because I didn't we're get it. Forward, I never get Jake. it. We're, we're in a forward. rebuild. We're trying to find young, good players. Omar Narvaez, how old is he? 27-year-old. Uh, 27 years old. What did he hit? 20-something home runs? 22 home runs that year. Uh, and what was his batting average? Like two... 278. Oh, gosh. 353 on base. 813 OPS. We're oh, not looking Two in the years, past, three years Jake. from now, Omar Narvaez is going to be decrepit. You know what Narvaez uh, was last year? What? National League All-Star. Okay, guys. <laughs> Just, it's one of those things that, Come like, on. why? In, why? In, why? Okay, but... It, oh, but it, he what, might block Harry Ford, who's like... Four years away from Major League Baseball, and you know who Luis Torrens is? He's exactly what you what Omar Narvaez is. What you're hoping Luis Torrens could have been for you is exactly what Omar Narvaez is currently. So, sorry, I just had to air that grievance out as we're talking about Wilson Contreras. But I'm with you, Curtis. Let's bring him on. CBS Sports has their don't quarter. laugh at me, Stacy. We are a quarter of the way into MLB season officially, and CBS Sports has their grades for every single team. The Mariners got an F. I know it's not great, but. Uh, they said, look, we think their best ball is still ahead of them, but it's fair to characterize their season to date as disappointing. Agree? Disagree with an F grade? I mean, sorry, somebody texted can me. Can you t- give a team I an think F? a Cincinnati Reds organization yes. gets an F. I don't know yeah. that you can give them an F when Ty France has been solid. You techni- I mean, you had the AL Pitcher of the Month in April. Um, again, it's not the s- start to the season you wanted. F feels a little strong mm. for, for Jake for this organization for the Reds not for the Reds the Reds if there's anything lower than an F if we could give out an E possibly that yeah would I mean it'd be Reds. an F minus minus right E F E's before F E F G <laughs> wow I just exposed <laughs> myself. wasn't she an English major it shows uh, a double major, uh-huh. not just an English it's major. It's just, why don't we have E as a grade then? Why did we just skip it? Obviously, I would automatically think <laughs> F. Do you want to move on to the next story? Because we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would very much like to. Uh, we're going to wrap up with uh, that suspension of Donaldson after exchanging uh, some uh, words, uh, hateful language, or intended presumably to be used in a mocking way uh, with Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox. He's dealt a one-game suspension. Mm. Ah, that's uh, it, This is a story that uh, is uh, pretty fascinating, given the context and the history of everything. I just, you know, it's one of those things where you would really, really love to know the backstory on this. I, I just would be very, very curious to know the backstory. If, 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 is it the way Josh Donaldson said it was, or... Is he flat out no, lying? I think I I would love to know. I'd love to know. Um, I just I'm stuck on the the E uh, comes before F thing. It's just really messing me up. Okay, <sighs> I can do this. I can you do know. this. I can do this. It's the dugout. You're listening to Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Rick Riz joins us next. The dugout every Tuesday at one with Jake and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. It is the dugout bringing on the voice of the Mariners, Rick Riz, now in the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Rick, how's it going? It's going great, Stacy. Hi, Jake. Uh, hello, Curtis, too. So uh, it was a big win for the ball club 
last night. So it's nice to be home, Stacy, after that long road trip. Wow. Oh, yeah, no kidding. It's certainly also nice to talk about a win. And I do want to talk about the game yeah. and Julio in particular. But before I get to it, Scott Service told us earlier this hour that Kyle Lewis will be in tonight's lineup at DH. What kind of boost can he bring? Oh, man, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be great for Kyle to get back on the field. Uh, I think the last time he played in the game was, what, May 31st last mm-hmm. year. It's going to be great for the ball club. Uh, the Mariners uh, could do some help uh, offensively, and that's that's what he brings to the table. The kid's a great athlete. I don't know how much he's going to play in the outfield, you know, because of that that knee, the surgery. He really tore it up his first year in pro ball, as you know, up in Everett. Had the surgery, came back 2020, the American League Rookie of the Year. Came back last year and got hurt again and missed basically most of the season. So this is this is great news because the kid works so hard and he's so talented. He can drive the ball to all fields, good power. He's he's got that smile that really enjoys playing the game like the other kid at center field that we have right now and the kid that we had back in 1989. So this is great news for especially for Kyle. I mean, what he is going to do for the ball club obviously is is big because he's so talented, but I'm so proud of this kid for, you know, uh, trying to battle back and hopefully keep my fingers crossed and yours and uh, that he can stay healthy for the rest of his career. Yeah, there's no question, and that we we will be all anxious to to see him get through the first game and then the next game, and the next I game after get a that. Warm welcome, as right? Well. Uh, no question. Yeah, and and I'm. And I, I want to tell everybody, give this kid a standing ovation yeah. when he when he gets you know gets up to home plate for the first time. That would be fun, no doubt. Uh, and I'm sure he would he would uh, appreciate that greatly. Uh, you know, uh, Riz, outside of the personal achievements and and what this will mean to him. What does he provide for this team that they that they really need? Uh, lift in in the lineup offensively because uh, the Mariners really really miss Mitch Haniger. Mm-hmm. Mitch last year uh, hit for an average, he hit for power, he drove in runs, thirty nine home runs last year. Uh, Jake and Stacy and, and Curtis, he had a hundred runs batted in, and that's a lot. That's that's missing your main guy, and hopefully we see him back in about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten weeks, whatever it is, coming back from the ankle sprain and COVID and all that. So what, what Kyle Lewis means right now is that the lineup is going to be a little bit longer now. Uh, Adam Frazier is doing what he did last year to become an all-star, and Ty Francis is having an all-star year. This kid is amazing. J.P. Crawford just had a big year. Julio is, <laughs> is off the charts right now. You know what he's doing as a rookie. How many clubs out of 30 baseball teams in major league baseball have a rookie hitting cleanup and he deserves to be there he's driving the ball the other way we can talk about that yeah suarez you know is going to hit for power but what what kyle does for you he lengthens the lineup with another good solid hitter who could do so many things up there at home plate i actually did want to talk about julio because riz it's like every game that goes by, I keep thinking like, okay, like I don't know if he's got the swing of it yet. He's still learning. He's new to this. Like, let's see if he can keep this going. And then he does. He just keeps hitting. And I keep thinking, oh my God, he's figuring it out (laughs) at 21 years old. This is insane. What's it like uh, watching his development in real time? I mean, it's really incredible. Uh, I try to think back what I was doing uh, when I was 21 years old. I was a clubhouse guy in Alexandria, Louisiana, washing uniforms, shining shoes for the visiting teams, and doing three innings of play-by-play, <laughs> making 200 bucks a month my first year in baseball in 1975. And, and here's this kid. He's a big leaguer hitting fourth in our lineup, and he figured it out in a hurry, which is yeah. very, very unusual because in the first few weeks, you're 196. Okay, that's what rookies do. They don't, 
Uh, you get tested right away. These are the best pitchers in the world. He's facing guys like Justin Verlander, and you pick a great pitcher. He's got to face that guy, Kevin Gosman. And then two weeks into the season, he started hitting, and he hasn't stopped over the last, uh, let's see, I got it right here, over the last 30 ball games, he's hitting 333 in the month of May. He's hitting 325 at two for four last night. And and you know he gets it and and when you can drive the ball the other way. You know, if you can do that, hit for power, get your bases the other way, everything else falls into place. He's so quick and so strong. Anything middle in, he's going to be able to handle. But when you get tested away and be able to hit the ball the other way, then pitchers go, uh-oh, I can't go there either. And he had a home run to right center field uh, in last night's ball game. He had a base hit to right field. But I was so impressed day one of spring training last year, remember, uh, our first game, his first time up, it's a line drive, three-run home run, way out to left field at the Peoria Sports Complex. Okay, that's very impressed, impressive. He's he's all hepped up. You know, it's his first game. He's trying to make the ball club. He was at A ball in AA last year. But in his next at-bat, he walked. And I thought, okay, what a great transition. Here's a guy who just hit a home run. Now, if you're a rookie or you're a young player, you want to hit another home run, you want to hit it even farther, but he took a walk. And that one game showed me what he's made of because during the course of 162 games, you're going to have 600 at-bats or more. Uh, what Besides hitting home runs, what else can you do to help my ball club win a ball game? Take my walks, you know, hit a ground ball to the right side, get a, get a ball in the air with a runner on at third base. This kid understands that. He's got it. And my goodness, I can't wait to see what this kid is going to do for the next 15 years. Yeah, I know. I'm right there with you. Uh, Riz, you know, as you watch younger players and, you know, Cal Raleigh kind of being on the other end of it, who hasn't quite yeah. exactly figured out the, the last week he is he has done a lot better at the plate. Um, he, he only hits dingers like, you know, four hits and four home runs. <laughs> if he gets a hit, but, it's a home run. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it was amazing, but I, I don't, I don't know about you. Obviously the home run meant more to the Mariners and their win, but I was just as fired up to see him hit it the other way. Uh, just yeah. a single, I mean, w- what do you see from Cal and why will that be important for him to figure that next step out? Jake, uh, a couple of days ago, we're in Boston. It was uh Sunday morning and I was on the field, nobody else around and Cal was there. Uh, talking with somebody, his family was there. His family is from Vermont, so he grew up a big Red Sox fan. Uh, Jason Veritek was his hero. That's why he became a catcher. Then his dad, you know, went down to Florida to go to school. That's where he met his mom, so that's where he, they got married and where he grew up. But his family's up in Vermont. So anyway, he was there, and we were just talking. And I said, Cal, you know, last few games, you, you hit the ball hard. Because remember in New York, he had a long home run, batting left-handed to right field. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Toronto, and batting left-handed, he had a home run the other way to left center field. And this is what impresses me about any ball player to hit the ball the other way, but especially a young player. So we're standing there. I said, I said, are you making any adjustments? How are you feeling at the plate? Uh, what are you doing? He says, Rick, you know, I'm, I'm, he, he, and by the way, I also want to mention he was out for early batting practice, you know, four or five times during the road trip. So that was impressive. I'd watch him you know, work on things. So that's why I asked him, I said, is he working on anything? He said, well, basically, you know, like everybody else, driving the ball up the middle, hitting the ball the other way. But he said something very important. He said, you know what, Rick, I'm trying to go out there and just have fun because there's so much pressure on, you know, getting to the big leagues and staying in the big leagues, putting too much pressure on myself. I just want to go out there 
and have fun, I went, wow, that's, that means so much because you want to enjoy this game. And if you're tense and you're putting so much pressure on yourself, your natural abilities can't come through. And what I'm seeing now is this kid is going up the home plate. He's got an idea. He's having fun. Having success allows you to have fun. You know, the fun comes when you hit the ball out of the ballpark and get a big base hit. But he's also doing a great job behind the plate, you know, blocking pitches. When Robbie Ray, you know, uh, had that game, we had the game in uh, Sunday in New York against the Mets. He's throwing that hard slider down and in to right-handed hitters. You can't allow base runners to take an extra 90 feet. And, and Cal did a great job blocking pitches. And that's what he did at the end of the game. Remember that? Uh, the Mariners had an 8-5 to five lead. Mets get two runs. Now they got runners at second, third, one out, tying run at third, winning run at second. Diego's throwing sliders, strikes out Steinle the intentionally walked in door. Now here comes Diego throwing sliders to Pete Alonso, away, down and away, in the dirt, check swing, strike three, the Mariners win the game. So right now this kid is really playing very well over the last few days, last week or so, and, uh, you know, he said something to me that really made sense. I'm just going out there trying to have fun, and uh, now we're starting to see this kid's natural ability. Hey, it's a great point. Good stuff, as always, from Rick Riz. Rick, thanks so much for joining us. Stacy, you're welcome. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Curtis. Appreciate it. Always enjoy it. Thanks, yeah. Rick. All right, that was Rick Riz. We are going to wrap things up for the dugout by answering some of your Mariners, Mariners, your Mariners questions from the first <laughs> quarter of the season with Brandon. I'm on a roll today. Brandon Gustafson joins us next. You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Jake and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. All right, this is The Dugout wrapping things up uh, by looking at some of your questions from the first quarter of the season. And uh, thanks to Brandon Gustafson, hopefully talking you guys off the ledge. In fact, Brandon, uh, you asked people, hey, I'm going on The Dugout later today. If anyone has any questions, uh, Brandon uh, covers the Mariners and the Seahawks, but uh, writes for SeattleSports.com. Uh, you said ask away. One person did not have a question so much as just a request. <laughs> just a request. And that was, Brandon, please just talk me off the ledge. Yeah. So would you oblige? Sure. So, I mean, I, can you? Yeah. That's the question. I, I yeah, can, can you, yeah. not would you? <laughs> You're not going to I, – I don't think that this team is going to be allowing two more runs on average than they score. I just don't see that happening. Personally, I think – and this might be a hot take. I'm sure some people don't agree with me. I'm less worried about the lineup than I am their actual pitching and their pitching depth, mm. Like to be totally honest, because I think Jesse Winker will turn it around. Suarez has been a lot better than people are giving him credit for. Uh, Adam Frazier has been pretty good of late. Obviously, we know what Julio's been doing, but pitching depth, they don't have a lot outside of the five starters that they have. Obviously, the bullpen has regressed pretty substantially. But as far as talking somebody off of the ledge, next month is a pretty cushy schedule. You face Oakland four times. You face Baltimore five times. You face Texas three times. That's a pretty good stretch for you to get right. And then the toughest stretch of that uh, of that month, you're playing most of those teams at home. They played very well at home so far this year. So I think that this time next month, if we're having a lot of the same conversations and the team's kind of hovering around the same point, yeah, that's that's time to kind of hit the panic button a little bit. But mm. I do think that right now, between between now and the end of June, I think is a good time for this team to get right. So, with that being said, I mean, what what is your expectation over the next, let's just say, the four series, right? They, they're finishing out Oakland. They've got Houston, Baltimore, Texas. Right. What is your expectation? Like, you're, you're saying setting yourself up, set the stage to get yourself in a spot to where you can really compete and hang in there. What needs to happen over these next four series? They need to win three of them. 
They need to beat Oakland. They, I, I think that the one series that you can look at that's like, hey, it would make total sense if you lose that, obviously, is Houston. Those other mm-hmm. three series are absolutely winnable, and you can argue, and, and it's probably the case, this is a more talented team than those other teams. Mm-hmm. They, they need to come out of this stretch winning three or four series, absolutely, especially heading into the rest of next month. They're going to get Kyle Lewis back. He's going to return to the lineup tonight uh, at DH. What does he bring them? Yeah, just really lengthens the lineup, adds a big bat, somebody in the middle of the order, especially when, like we talked about recently with Jesse Winker's struggles kind of continuing, just somebody that can kind of anchor the load a little bit and help drive in runs. I mean, you look at the uh, Larry Stone, Seattle Times, he tweeted it out earlier. They got a 155, 257, 324 slash line from their designated hitters this year. That's just not going to cut it. Absolutely not. And obviously they went into the year thinking, hey, we have our four-man outfield. One of those guys is going to be a DH, Hanniger, Winker, right, with Kelnick and Julio mm-hmm. playing in the outfield too. Just not enough production there. And then you're getting guys like Mike Ford and, and you're <laughs> DHing. Right. And you have Luis Torrens DHing while Cal Raleigh's behind the plate. That's just not good enough. So Luis DHing four or five times a week in a six, seven-game stretch. Even just that, that's going to help a lot. Yeah, it, it certainly will. I want to come back to your starting pitching comment. Uh, it's it seems like with this starting pitching, and, and you know, exclude the bullpen because you could say this about the bullpen as well at times. But it is unbelievably frustrating to watch a group of guys that do so well for the majority of the game, and it all feels like they have just one inning where it all falls apart. Robbie Ray being the king of this, absolutely. So. I don't I don't have the pitching eye like you do Brandon being a former pitcher. Yeah. What are the common mistakes that are happening here because it just to me it just I don't understand. It would, my advice Jake's that I gave earlier was uh you know maybe just don't give up home runs like yeah, outside of that they've been advice. they've been great. What what's going on Brandon? Well with with Ray in particular this is something that I I think to myself all the time with him where it's so confusing where it happens in the middle of the game for him, right? Where he'll mm-hmm. have three, four innings where he's just great. And then he comes out for the fifth inning and everything gets away from him. Just the, the fastball command is awful. He's spiking sliders. He's walking guys that he wasn't doing before that. Then all of a sudden there's a three, four run cushion for the other team. Then he comes back out for an inning or two and he's nails again. And it's like, what happened in the middle there? Right. And it just, it just comes down to command. It comes down to mechanics. And I, I think for Ray, especially it just eludes him and, I don't want to say somebody's not focused, right? We don't know what anybody's mental state is. It's hard to tell. Right. But sometimes it is like, are you putting, are you, you know, taking your foot off the gas just a little bit? But you wouldn't expect that with somebody like Robbie Ray, who's obviously a high intensity, high strikeout guy. Mm-hmm. But it's just it that one inning. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's really frustrating. And then it's also especially frustrating because then you look on the offense and when they have scored runs, it's been in one inning. Right. And, then, and then this other seven or eight, there's just nothing going on. There's no traffic. So it's just this sure. really weird mix on both sides going on. And it's it obviously, yeah, it's a little frustrating. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, Ray is, as I said, the king of it. But we've started to see that happen as of recent to Logan Gilbert yeah. and to uh, Marco Gonzalez last night. Right. Yep. Uh, it, it just... Is there a common denominator that you see with these guys that there are are they just for one inning they are leaving pitches over the plate they're not executing is it you know I, I I'm trying to wrap my head around this because it doesn't make sense these guys have done a really good job and and just there are moments that get away from right. it. 
Yeah, it's all it's all about command. And for anybody, even Marco, who throws 88-89, it's all about fastball command because everything plays off of that fastball command. For Robbie Ray, it's his slider. For Logan Gilbert, it's also his slider. He has the changeup to Marco Gonzalez. He uses the cut fastball. He uses the changeup. Those are all things that play directly off the fastball. So mm-hmm. when the fastball command eludes you, not only are you either leaving pitches over the plate that are very hittable because any big league hitter can hit a fastball, you're, or you're missing off the plate, but it just makes those secondary offerings just not look appealing because mm. it's like, okay, if I can see spin even just a little bit that's different, I'm just going to take that. That was something that happened with Matt Brash too, right? Great breaking balls, but when you know that he can't get the fastball over the plate yeah. and that these these curveballs and sliders are just going to break off the plate, you see spin and you're just as a hitter, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm laying off, right? Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, that's just kind of been a little bit of what's happening to the staff. He is Brandon Gustafson. You can read his work on seattlesports.com. That will do it for the dugout today, every single Tuesday from 1 to 2. All Mariners, thank you, for Scott, thank you, Scott Service and Rick Riz, for joining us today. And also great news for Mariners fans that Kyle Lewis will be back in the lineup tonight when the Mariners take on the A's for Game 2. Yeah, this baby. has been the dugout on Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Wyman and Bob comes up next.